Major Hurricane Fiona, Category 4, is Bermuda-bound, and it may be strengthening again uh, as it heads there. And uh, after it passes uh, Bermuda, uh, it's on its way to Nova Scotia and Newfoundland as a what looks like a really powerful post-tropical cyclone or in the process of becoming a post-tropical cyclone. We're going to explain what all that means uh, as we... Uh, Go through the show tonight, and while all that's going on, a cold front approaching from where? From the west, uh, is going to usher in uh, some uh, rather cool autumn air into the northeast just in time for the arrival of autumn at the end of the week. We'll have the weekend forecast, the long range. We'll look at the tropics because there's a lot going on, and we're going to cover it tonight on the Joe and Joe Weather Show, brought to you by Omni True Value Hardware. At 1226 North Wellwood Avenue in southwest Suffolk County on Long Island, serving the entire New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, tri-state area with everything you need when it comes to making sure your home uh, looks good, is working right, and uh, is protected in case there are weather troubles like tropical storms, hurricanes, severe weather. So a good time to maybe just give a double check to make sure your generator's working or maybe get one. And, of course, if you're thinking about making your yard look good, mulch, topsoil, and come wintertime, salt and tons of it. 631-756-1125, the phone number. And the website is omnitruevalue.com. And here we are. You know, Joe, I was thinking tonight uh, and looking at everything today. First of all, I actually have a nice polo shirt on. Because my uh, what I was wearing was covered with flour because I was making pizza dough uh, today and freezing it for later purposes. But that's another story for another time. Uh, we um, I was thinking about the fact that uh, timing is always everything with these systems. And this upper trough that's bringing this cold front to the East Coast, if it were um, six or eight hours slower and the trough was further to the West... We'd be in a lot of trouble uh, in uh, in the Northeast with uh, with Fiona, but uh, not to be the case because that's not happening. Uh, but make no mistake, this is a, this is a powerhouse. It's going to be a powerhouse when it passes northwest of Bermuda, and then it's going to be very interesting to see how it evolves uh, when it heads up to uh, the uh, Canadian Maritime provinces because it just looks like this is going to be a, a, a rather big storm for them. I agree, Joe. And um, before we get fully into the uh, tropical uh, system, uh, we do have this cold front that's approaching from the north and west. We are not, however, according to the folks at the Storm Prediction Center, we're not in any kind of marginal or slight risk for severe weather. Nonetheless, I think in the after midnight hours tonight, we'll probably see scattered showers. There might be a rumble or two of thunder. Uh, the front is expected to move across the tri-state metropolitan New York City area during the uh, morning to early afternoon hours tomorrow. And uh, due to the uh, early morning timing, severe weather threat remains somewhat low. However, I still think there's a chance we might see some potentially strong or isolated severe thunderstorm activity, most notably I think for New York City and coastal locations, coastal New Jersey, maybe the south shore of Long Island, uh, that'll be due primarily to 
a rather gusty southwesterly flow ahead of the front, providing a warm, moist environment. And uh, at this time of the year, uh, even though the ocean uh, uh, is obviously beginning to cool off, it still could be a source of uh, instability. And so uh, don't be surprised if you, uh, especially if you live along the Jersey Shore or out across Long Island, you do get a sudden burst of uh, convection, some maybe some heavy downpour or heavy thunderstorm activity, again, in, in out ahead of this uh, approaching front. Places north and west, like up where I am, we may see a, or hear a bit of thunder or see a flash or two of lightning, but the main concern, the main threat would probably be for, again, places that are embedded in the warmer air uh, later in the morning and early afternoon, that would be points south. But aside from that, it looks like we're in for some wet weather, and then after that, we will dry out. We'll have a gusty northerly wind blowing. We've been talking about this for the past few days, and that will bring in much drier air, lower dew points. We could conceivably see dew points in the 30s. How's that for dry air by tomorrow night oh. and Friday? Parts with of, lots of sunshine. Parts of upstate New York might even see uh, dew points down, and New England might see dew points down in the 20s uh, when uh, this is all said and done. Uh, yeah, they, uh, the uh, the wind, the high coming down the way it is, and the wind with the hurricane offshore passing, really not that far offshore, but far enough, obviously, that it's not a concern. But it is going to be a concern at the co at the beaches. Uh, the waves are going to uh, be uh, uh, quite high. Uh, and uh, rip currents and all the rest of it uh, up and down the eastern seaboard, uh, especially with a storm like this, which is a Category 4, and then all, that it's going to start accelerating as it moves past Bermuda. Uh, so, uh, if, you know, this is still a time of year where a lot of folks like to go boat, boating up and down the eastern seaboard, clearly, especially in, in the southeast and from Florida. And uh, just bear in mind that uh, the ocean's going to be a little bit rippled. Let's put it that way. Right. They have a... Uh, not not anything from uh, from uh, Philadelphia, but from uh, the National Weather Service folks over in uh, Upton, they have not an advisory or a watch or a warning. They have a coastal hazard message: high rip current risk in effect. But that's not even a it's it's a risk. It's not even an advisory or whatever. But still, dangerous rip currents are affected along the south coast of uh, Long Island. Uh, and also for Brooklyn, southwestern Suffolk, southeastern Suffolk, southern Queens, southern Nassau counties, from Thursday evening through Friday evening, life-threatening rip currents, likely for all people uh, within the zone that we just mentioned. Anyone visiting the beach here should stay out of the surf. Naturally, of course, all the uh, you know, moon doggies out there who want to hang 10 on their surfboards are probably not going to listen to that, but still... Rip currents can sweep even the best swimmers away from shore and into deeper waters, and that high rip current risk, again, due to the presence, we've been talking about this now for the last several days, the agitation of the ocean waters by uh, by the hurricane, and again, it's it's a Category 4. So, I mean, my, it, it's it's doing its thing, and so just, just if you want to go to the beach and watch the waves crash and you want to... Just, just don't go in because there could be some real problems, especially uh, with with so strong a rip current threat expected over the next couple of days. Uh, 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 Mount Holly has they actually have a gale watch up for the coastal waters, 
Uh, and I know they do have small craft advisories up uh, and, you know, various surf, high surf and, and rip currents. I was just looking at the, the New York Weather Service website. Uh, Johnny Quest asking about the pressure gradient. Uh, it, it, the gradient is going to be tight, uh, t- somewhat tight along the coast, but it's going to be tighter offshore because of where the hurricane is and where the high is. But uh, combine all that with the the, the uh, cold air mass in the upper atmosphere that's coming in and uh, the mixing that's going to go on. So, yeah, it's definitely going to move the uh, wind, wind around. Just want to um, uh, say hello to everybody that's on the chat board tonight. We have a, uh, Michael Brown, who is watching us from, uh, I believe, Nova Scotia. And he's got his, already put his lawn furniture, took care of that, made sure it was uh, buckled down and put away and protected. And uh, saying hello to, hold on, there was somebody here that said hello to me. I just want to say hi back, and I think it was Justin Vale uh, that uh, that said hi. Uh, so uh, nice to see you. Yes, Michael Brown uh, from Halifax, Joe. Michael, if you could just put it on the chat board, because I was kind of curious uh, as to whether um, you know what the uh, local local weather media up in uh, in, in Nova Scotia is uh, saying uh, with regards to this. So if you could do that, uh, that'd be great. Anthony Orr, our resident hurricane statistician uh hitting super chat tonight and uh, he says he said joe uh fiona uh, the second wettest tropical cyclone or its remnants for a guadalupe which had 21.02 inches of rain that fell in saint claude um just make sure i'm yeah okay and uh, only uh, the only wetter tropical cyclone guadalupe was hurricane Luis in 1995 22.91 uh, was uh, that one. And Hurricane Fiona is the first hurric- uh, hurricane strength cyclone to make a landfall on the Dominican Republic since Gene in 2004. It's amazing That's how much. back a ways. Yeah, it's 18 years. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, it, uh, it, it's hard to believe sometimes in areas where you think tropical cyclones happen all the time, but. Um, they don't. It's it's basically like hitting the target zone on a the bullseye on a target zone. So you know a lot of times there are near misses there. There are near misses uh, in the Eastern Caribbean. There are near misses obviously along the East Coast. And every so often uh, you get one that that uh, makes a landfall in the United States. Some years you get three or four landfalls, maybe more. And other years you get. There've been years where we've gotten none. So. Uh, the seasons evolve the way they uh, they evolve. Uh, I keep wanting to say, I don't know why I got it in my head. I keep wanting to say Hurricane Naomi. I don't know why, but uh, instead of Fiona, uh, I've caught myself several times getting ready to say that. Um, let's see. I'm impressed. I'm impressed by the fact that. Uh... We're only up to the F storm, and in uh, all these past years, especially the last several summers, I mean, we were way down the list already in terms of uh, the alphabet, in terms of names. So it has been a quiet, but of course, we've been saying this for the last couple of days. We don't know what's around the corner in October. We've seen a lot of stuff coming off of Africa. So maybe, just maybe, we'll make up for lost time in October. But right now, we're all concentrating on on Fiona, we have Gaston out there, which will be of no concern to any of us. And then we'll have to wait and see whether or not Hermine or Hermine will uh, will uh, 
develop and I've already gotten people you know, pinging me on Messenger saying, so where's it going to go? Is it, is it going to hit the Gulf of Mexico? We're going to come up the eastern seaboard at the beginning of October. What, what is it going to happen? You know, and oy vey. <laughs> well, yeah, the question's like just, just with snowstorms and they start 10 days in advance. Uh, we do see on the loop, uh, Joe, that uh, that the eye looked like it went through some sort of eyewall replacement cycle maybe during the day today, but that's ended now. And it looks like the eye is becoming better defined again, uh, judging from the uh, satellite loop. I've got the full tropical perspective so that everybody could see just exactly what's out there. And uh, I've drawn a circle around the tropical wave that is now uh, approaching uh, the Windward Islands, it is a bit disorganized. And part of the reason for that, if you look at, up to the north, uh, you see the clouds from Fiona on the east side, the, the furthest east of those clouds, moving from north to south uh, into the Caribbean. So there's some northerly shear going on, which is why the cloud cover over uh, the uh, central and northern Leeward Islands is kind of broken up and, and, and not a complete overcast. You've got some scattered thunderstorms going on there. And then you have a you know concentration of clouds further south around the Windward Islands moving westward. Once Fiona gets far enough north, which will which will be late tomorrow as and tomorrow night as it as it nears and goes by Bermuda, that northerly shear goes away. And once that happens, that tropical wave should start to develop. Uh, it might take another day or two to produce a closed circulation, but um, it's just got to wait for Fiona to get to a point where the northerly shear that's been bothering that tropical wave disappears. And there are two other tropical waves. As I got the map up, uh, there's one here uh, southwest of the Cabo Verde Islands uh, that's kind of drifting west-northwestward. It's not really doing very much. Uh, there's there's a lot of dry air that's that's out there. And then we have a strong tropical wave that's coming off the African coast. But this one's going to do something really strange. This may actually turn northward before it even reaches the Cabo Verde Islands and moves northward along the coast of Africa, uh, which is, uh, I don't remember the last time I saw something like that. I mean, I've seen them go over the Cape Verde Islands or south of the Cabo Verde Islands and then turn northward at like 20 or 25 or 30 west. But um, I don't remember ever seeing one turning on the inside of um of the Cabo Verde Islands in that uh, channel there between them and the African coast. So of course we'll hey. be we'll be watching all of this as it all you know plays out. Maybe they'll be issuing a tropical storm or a hurricane watch for the Canary Islands. Uh, well, yeah, those uh, those are way up there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Way up there. But uh, I, I'll uh, let's get close up on Fiona and see. What is going on? There's a reconnaissance aircraft there now. We're going to get a new advisory momentarily on that uh, from the Hurricane Center. Be curious to see if what they do with the winds. They may not do very much with it uh, yet. Uh, but uh, I got the floater here just loading up all the frames. And you can see the, the where the eye is. If you look closely, you could pick out the eye there. Uh, it, it stands out. And then in, in the last frames... You start to see the eye start to uh, get better organized again. So it really stands out there on the infrared. And, of course, you have the usual signs of outflow with the feathering going on uh, to the north. Uh, and uh, you also could see the, you know, these floater images that we look at 
the storm stays in the middle and the geography moves. So it gives you an idea of what the motion is. And it looks like it definitely is, is moving north-northeast now. Uh, and that is in line with, um, with the weather models uh, in terms of what they were forecasting. Yeah, I, you know, Joe, it's Friday night, Saturday morning. I mean, I've, I saw on the GFS they had some ridiculously low barometric pressure reading. I mean, by that time, the storm really is uh, losing its tropical characteristics. But my goodness, something like 932, 934 uh, millibar. I mean, that's like the equivalent of a of a Category 3 or Category 4 hurricane. I mean, it's a Category 4 now. But I'm saying to myself, what the heck is this thing going to do to, Nova, to parts of Nova Scotia and Newfoundland when it gets up in that area by the end of the weekend, by the end of the weekend or the start of the weekend, this this really looks like a dangerous, very very dangerous storm system. Whether or not it's officially still a hurricane or an extra tropical storm, this is going to be massive for, and 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 part of the problem, and we've been talking about this too, is that once it gets let's say north of 40 degrees north latitude, it's going to start to move quick. And the forward speed combined with the strength of the storm itself really, really is going to make it a very potent. This is this kind of like, in a way, is what the 1938 hurricane that hit Long Island uh, yes. was all about. Well, that, I mean, I, is, that's kind of what I was getting at at the beginning of the show. And I was saying about the timing of this trough, <clears throat> because if it was it was if, if it were further west, if the front was going to take longer to get here. Uh, this thing would be shooting up the East Coast. Once it got north of 35 north, it'd be moving at like 60 miles an hour. Uh, and uh, that the that, that was what it, with the 38 hurricane. So I think I think there are a lot of there are some unknowns here. OK, that we're actually all I think all going to go. We're going to learn on the fly uh, come Friday with regards to the uh, the impact on the uh, on Nova Scotia, and Newfoundland and uh, one of them is one of those unknowns is the process where it goes from tropical to being po quote post tropical and, and what happens the wind field then spreads out uh, you the the top winds drop but the wind field winds up spreading out and I'm I'm still going to be you know I'm still trying to figure out the fact that you've got this very deep upper air feature that's going to be feeding into this and add to that the fact that it's going to be moving at 50 to 60 miles an hour I mean it's it's a recipe for a huge problem uh, for some areas there. Uh, I I don't want to overstate it, but uh, still, uh, you know, I'm looking at this and thinking, you know, this could be this is a powerhouse, and I think it, at the very least it needs to be respected. All right, we have the uh, 8 p.m. advisory just came out on Hurricane uh, Fiona. This is advisory number 30A. Hurricane Hunter aircraft, well, we know about that, investigating Fiona at this hour. Location is 25.9 north, 71.4 west. It's about 605 miles uh, southwest of Bermuda or about 1,365 miles south-southwest of Halifax, Nova Scotia. The maximum sustained winds, a powerhouse, 130 miles per hour. Present movement, north, straight due north, at uh, actually not straight due north, slightly ten uh, ten degrees to the uh, to the east of due north, at uh, nine miles per hour. Minimum pressure now down to 934 millibars. In case you are wondering what that translates to on your aneroid barometer, 27. No, not 29, not 28, 27 
0.58 inches. And now we have a hurricane watch. I remember yesterday we were talking about uh, tropical storm uh, advisories for Bermuda. Well, now they have a hurricane watch for Bermuda. Tropical storm warning is in effect for Bermuda right now. And uh, uh, obviously interests in Bermuda, in Atlantic Canada, everybody monitoring the progress of this storm system. And uh, they, they know, Joe, that watches may be required for portions, maybe, may be required for portions of Atlantic Canada beginning first thing tomorrow morning. Yes, and I'm just, uh, I've got the plane, actual, the graphic flight here, um, where you see the wind barbs disappear. Uh, those are, be that's because the color is sort of an off-white, and it's, can't really pick out the wind barbs. Uh, 96 to 113, the pink ones uh, closer to the center there are 113 to 137. Now, uh, Bermuda, the core of this should pass just west, northwest of Bermuda, but barely. So uh, I'm sure Bermuda is going to keep their fingers crossed that that remains the case and that there's not a slight eastward shift of about 40 to 50 miles, uh, 50, 40 to 50 miles, because that's going to really get them inside the uh, the core with those 100 knot plus winds that are being measured. And we'll check back a little later with regards to um, you know, what else they find when they make the next pass and see if there's any kind of, you know, if, if this is on a strengthening trend, whether that uh, 934, they got a 935 plot here, but they must have gotten another one because these, these are running about 20 minutes behind. Uh, so maybe the next one is the 934. So I remember, I remember, um, and you probably do too, Joe, that uh, the, uh, the PBS uh, documentary, science documentary show Nova, one week they did a uh, a whole show about a hurricane hunter aircraft uh, moving into or entering the uh, the uh, hurricane hurricane Gilbert, and I remember uh, they they were filming from the flight deck, and uh, they were telling the pilot about the fact that the uh, weather service or the hurricane center wanted them to take a route almost directly into the middle of of Gilbert, and you could see the look on. The, the pilot's face. He wasn't too happy with that, with the prospect of doing something like that. He said, uh, okay. So I, one has to wonder, you know, we're talking about this now. Here we are safely in our respected, uh, respective home offices or whatever and talking to all of our friends on the chat board. But you got to wonder, you got to put yourself in the, in the shoes of the, the, the poor guy who is, you know, right now, in that Hurricane Hunter aircraft, having to dive into the center of what really is a, a, a powerhouse Category 4 storm. And what it must be like, you know, as you're moving through the eye wall before you reach the actual eye. But the, 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 what, what those planes must be really built like you-know-what to, uh, to withstand those tremendous pressures and those tremendous winds to deal with something like that. And again, I, whenever, whenever we talk about this type of situation, my mind always goes back to that uh, Nova documentary from, I think, the late 1980s, and the look on that guy's face, that pilot's face, having to, you know, head right on into the center of what was a similarly strong, very strong— I forgot if Gilbert was a five or whether or not it was, it was a, a four. But it, it was a five. It was a five. <laughs> oh, God! God love those those people. Those you talk well, about, they people with nerves of steel. 
that's that I think would be the case with those pilots who are told you got to go into that thing with. Uh, <laughs> well, when they had the uh, Hurricane Hunter planes at MacArthur Airport a few years ago, uh, I went to see them. And let me just put it this way: first of all, they're they're very they're relatively small aircraft. Second of all, uh, they don't have seats and they don't have stewards and stewards stewardesses. <laughs> you know, bringing around coffee, tea, and soda. Okay, I mean you're literally sitting on the floor, except for the. Hey, uh, guess, guess what, Joe? Having having traveled on Delta Airlines this past spring, Delta doesn't have stewardesses or flight attendants bringing you, you know, coffee, tea, and whatever. My 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 flight going and coming back from uh, the from the Southwest consisted of a Coke. And a bag of potato chips. So it's kind of like being you go on a, on one of those Delta flights now. It's kind of like going on on a on probably on a Hurricane Hunter aircraft. There there ain't all that much to to, to write home about there either. <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I yeah, it's not something I ever had the desire to do. Uh, and after seeing the planes, I have no desire to do it. <laughs> so, yes. uh, and certainly, uh, you know, some, I, I'm asked from time to time, wouldn't you like to go? You know, now that you're, you know, semi-retired, uh, wouldn't you like to go storm chasing? And my response is no, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I'm not. <laughs> one, I'm, that's not for me. Uh, it's for the young folk. Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, all right, let's um, let's get. Let me get the. Where's that advisory? I have it hidden here somewhere. Here we go. Well, you just did the advisory, but I'm going to show the uh, uh, Miss, the Miss map. Miss Ballarite, by the way, brings up a very interesting point that over the course of uh, Friday and Saturday, flights that are leaving, let's say, out of LaGuardia or JFK, well, actually JFK, we're talking about, uh, you know, intercontinental flights, let's say, going to Europe. Uh, the flight paths are going to be a bit wonky to uh, use her uh, her her uh, uh, comment, and and it's true because a lot of the flights that let's say when you go to London or uh, to Paris or whatever, they you fly leave JFK, and you take that flight path over toward Nova Scotia and on over Newfoundland. That ain't happening this time around. They they have to figure something else out. They certainly are not going to take that type of a flight path. And then when they get out over the ocean, they may have to do a, an additional correction because of Gaston. So this, this, if anybody out there is traveling to Europe Friday or Saturday, you're going to have a most interesting flight because it's going to be a, a, probably a flight path. And, and you know what? I, I'm just thinking about this now. There's a, there's a website. It's called Flight Aware. Maybe some of you have seen it and used it for yourselves. I think I'm going to take a look at some of these uh, flights to Europe uh, and see the flight paths for Friday and Saturday because – they are going to be kind of interesting, kind of different from what they would normally do because, again, of the presence of Fiona and also probably because of Gaston. To get from point A to point B, it's going to be a lot different than what it usually is and what it, what, what most travelers would be accustomed to going through. Uh, the Hurricane Center has got uh, Fiona passing, as we said, just northwest of Bermuda. At least the core passes to the west. Uh, Bermuda will certainly get gales out of this. and probably strong gales at that. Still a major hurricane when it's parallel to uh, the central New Jersey coast, about, uh, oh, maybe 600 or so miles to the east at 8 p.m. Friday. And by Saturday morning, it's on the eastern tip of uh, Nova Scotia there. 
Uh, and that least is on the forecast. There might still be some room for this to maneuver back in either direction. Probably, I would say, if it's going to move in any direction, uh, uh, forecast-wise, it might be more to the left or to the west than to the east. And then you see the the H is in white because they're designating it that, that at that point uh, the, the uh, hurricane will have become uh, post-tropical. And uh, when we look at it, this is the, the, I think this is the GFS that I have up. This is the... The 12Z GFS, I'm going to use that because so many people are going to tropical tidbits that uh, his ser server is overloaded at times and, and the maps come in slow. But uh, you can see the track here uh, on Fiona way out. I mean, it's not a, not a concern for the East Coast, obviously, but you can also see uh, between the high that's up in the northern lakes, uh, the, the rain shield that's offshore is from that cold front. This is... Uh, this is early Friday morning. It's well offshore, but you, you see there's a ton of isobars there. Uh, so the the hurricane is, is feeding into that gradient uh, to some degree, and then up it goes, uh, and it actually turns northward again and northwestward when it makes that, uh, uh, that uh, land cross there in eastern Nova Scotia. The GFS was carrying a 931 pressure. Seems a bit overdone. But yeah, take a look. Take a look at. I'm sharing that right now, Joe. If you want to, to throw, you know, my screen up on, uh, so that people can take a look at it. Uh, this, this is wild. I mean, this is. Oh, this is wild, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we, we all know what I'm doing. An imitation of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Next. But I mean, I mean, this. It actually, Joe. It's it, on this map. This is for 6Z Saturday. So this is 2 a.m. Saturday morning, Eastern time, 3 a.m. Atlantic daylight time, which is what they observe in Nova Scotia. And it looks like they have just to the south. Well, actually, um, if I'm correct here in my geography, Halifax is around here. I I'm not sure what cities or towns are located here, but 930, 930 millibar. And take a look at this. I mean, right here, especially to the south of the center. I mean, this is this is a hell of a gradient. Now, where's Sable Island? Sable Island is right here. Sable Island is there. This this is incredible. I mean, this is going to be one massive storm. And if people are wondering about the red colorations, that would be for uh, precipitation. And uh, quite frankly, I don't really see the matching up of the colors here. I would guess I would presume... It would somewhere the, the the reddest color right here would be between 16 and 20. Now is that that's that's inches, right, Joe? Uh, I believe so for the last six-hour period. No, not inches. That's that's probably mil in, in millimeters. Millimeters. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's only so for that six-hour period. Okay. Well, it's 25 millimeters is one inch. So we're talking about you know. But hey, you want to know what? I I'm, I'm disagree. I I think the, the, you know this is certainly capable of producing more than just an inch or so an hour. This is this is a an incredibly wound up uh, storm. And well, hold, wondering, hang on a second. So uh, are those maps at six? I don't think they're in six hour increments. There, they may be in three hour increments. Can you sit? You know, because if if that's the case, you're looking at just three hours of rainfall. No, this is six. This six. Is, this six so what, hour increments. See if see if. Um, See if uh, under preset moisture, if there's a preset map that goes with that. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. 
Where's, oh, wait a minute. Precip moisture. Here we go. And, uh, well, that's what we have. This is total perceptible water. Okay, so I, 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 you're, you're, um, you're on that super tight, um, view. Yeah, yeah, the crazy, so, crazy tight view. Yeah, let, ah. uh, hang on a second. I'll, I'm gonna find. I got the the Southeast Canada map. We could look at it that way. Uh, total accumulated precip. Okay, so there we go. Uh. Yeah, Joe. I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna flip this back down. I'll show you on this one. Now, some of this is with the cold front, okay, uh, the, of the total precip. But we we can you know pretty much count them both you know all together. It's all part of the same complex. Uh, but there are uh, the the purple that's over. Let's call that what East Central Nova Scotia uh, is. Uh, that's a hundred and fifty to 175 uh, millimeters. So you said 25 millimeters is an inch. That's right. that's uh, that's seven inches that's of seven, that's seven, seven inches. inches of rain. Right. Yeah. And the 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 darker purples, the first darker purple is 80 millimeters. So that's roughly three inches. So right. if you want to, you know, I'll just make it a little easier here. So basically, this area, I'll draw it in. So basically, this area here, like so, uh, that's at least, and even for southern uh, Newfoundland, you know, kind of circles around there. That for, that outside circle, I just that outside, whatever you want to call that amorphous thing, that's at least three. And then you're probably looking at, you know, an area of say five to eight inches of rain in that second area that I just drew that covers uh, much of central Nova Scotia, which makes sense because if, if, if the track is going to be over eastern Nova Scotia, and this is starting to become post-tropical, look where the heavy rains are, folks. The heavy, let me let me clean this up. Here, this is the track pretty much. So your heavy rains as it becomes post-tropical are going to be on the west side. And you notice there's not a whole lot. I mean, there's some. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of rain uh, going on on the east side. It's it's um, you know it, it, it's about maybe a quarter of what is is uh, forecast to fall on the west side. And on the 10 meter wind, the 10 meter wind, get a load of that. Let me roll that back. I mean, look, Joe, the 10 meter wind is is. Uh, as it's approaching, if you look at the structure of the of the the, the 10 meter wind, it still looks like a tropical cyclone. Uh, all the, he the the strong winds uh, more on the east side than on the west side, and you would expect that uh, as it becomes post-tropical, that dark area there near the center are, are probably winds in excess of uh, you know 90 or 100 knots. Uh, as 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 it gets closer to land, that 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 area starts to diminish and you notice that the wind field actually spreads out uh, and uh, you see where the strongest winds are. Those purple, uh, the, the purple that you see is all 50 knots or higher. Uh, wow. very, you know, pretty impressive. It may hope it may wind up being more than that because certainly in gusts, because if you got, if you have a storm that's moving at, at uh, 50 or 60 miles an hour, you could have, you could certainly have gusts at a hundred, I mean, 90 or a hundred miles an hour. 
out of this. Right. Absolutely. On the east side of the center. And it would right. be, le- le- you know, it would be. Well, the general the general rule of thumb is if you're on the east side of a of a, of a tropical cyclone, expect uh, or put the emphasis on the wind. And if you're on the west side of the tropical cyclone, put more of an emphasis on the precipitation. That's that's the general rule of thumb here. Yes. And here's what it looks like on the radar. So I'm going to back this up. This is Thursday afternoon because you've got that cold front that's approaching from the west. Uh, and uh, you get into some showers and maybe even a rumble or two of thunder Thursday night into Friday morning. That front basically stalls out from eastern Labrador, just west of Newfoundland, down over Nova Scotia. And now you know, on uh, Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock, uh, you see right at the bottom of the screen a little L appears, and that is Fiona. Uh, by Friday evening, it's uh, due south of eastern Nova Scotia. But now you're seeing all the heavy rain is now shifted to the west side. There's some rain on the east side, but not a lot. And then by uh, 1 a.m. Saturday, it's just offshore. It basically moves 300 miles in six hours. Uh, that's fast. Yeah. I mean, that's I that's mean, at least 50 miles an hour. Yeah. It, go, it goes from being just east of Cape Cod to almost onshore in six hours. And then it, it actually slows down once it goes inland because it's completing that process and you're getting the impact – and I'm going to switch down to the upper air, and you can see the upper low. That that you have two of them. Okay, so here's the upper low that represents the trough right here, uh, right at the near the mouth of the St. Lawrence River, and that trough extends southward down from Maine to off the east coast. Really strong southerly flow ahead of it, and I'll move it up. And what happens is that that upper low. Uh, in, in that upper low basically uh, combines with the feature that represents Fiona and becomes this absolute wrapped up animal. So while that process is going on, the surface low, it's a, it's actually vertical, Joe. It goes completely vertical with the upper yep. low. And that yep. temporarily slows it down. And and you see it from from uh, uh, from from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., the up that upper low doesn't move very much and then it starts to move again up into labrador and it's already now past its peak and it begins to weaken as it heads further to the north very very we don't see these you know these sorts of things too often and certainly with the kind of upper air dynamics that we're showing here i mean this is something we don't we, we don't often see absolutely and we've seen so many weird things happen so far this summer i mean everything with hurricane Faye, for example moving northward towards southern california and we've got this, uh, uh, the, the, what looked to be a paucity of tropical activity uh, during July and August. Now suddenly everything is awakening up. Uh, and, and now this powerhouse uh, of a storm in Fiona. And, you know, you're right. It's, you don't see this happen very often. Unfortunately, for the people who are in the line of fire, Bermuda, Newfoundland, uh, Nova Scotia. Let's not also forget Prince Edward Island, which is the island which is located just just to the north of Nova Scotia. It's almost encompassed by or surrounded by uh, Nova Scotia. But this uh, Prince Edward Island is another one of the uh, maritime provinces. So it's 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 an amazing situation, and I'm sure that we'll be watching with great interest what happens over the next two or three days. All right, and uh, I'm thinking that you and I may be on. Uh, we may do a show Friday night. I think so. Now, tomorrow I, I must uh, apologize because uh, 
I, 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 will, not, uh, I will not be here tomorrow, but there's a, a, a good reason why. And the reason is, is that I'm going to be at uh, the, uh, the Putnam County Joint Veterans Council is going to be bringing the AVTT traveling tribute wall to Putnam County. Now, this wall is being escorted, escorted by a convoy consisting of uh, police, fire, and military personnel. And it is, Joe, basically it is a miniature model of the, uh, of the wall that you see down in Washington, D.C. And it'll be arriving at the Veterans Memorial Park. It has arrived, I should say, at Veterans Memorial Park here in Putnam County uh, this afternoon. Uh, they're also going to be bringing a 50% sized replica of the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier to the uh, park at the same time. And this wall will include an ans uh, ancillary display of panels for all conflicts of the 20th century and into the 21st century. And so uh, uh, Renata and I are going to be there uh, tomorrow evening. It's a very special event that was made possible through the generosity of the German American Club of Peekskill, uh, in that the net proceeds of this year's Veterans Benefit Dinner went to this effort. And uh, it, it's, it's going to be something that's very special, very solemn occasion. Uh, but uh, if, you, if you're in the vicinity uh, in Putnam County tomorrow evening, you might want to come on out there. I have, I, I've been down to Washington, D.C., uh, have seen the Tomb of the Unknown and, and the, uh, the uh, wall. If you've never been down to Washington, Here's your chance to get a chance to get an opportunity to see at least a miniature version of that uh, tomorrow evening, uh, and uh, basically that's where I'm going to be. I, I don't know if you want to do a, a singular Joe show tomorrow night, Joe, but I, I do agree with well, you that we ought to be on on Friday as this thing, as this animal, as you refer to it, uh, gets ready to make landfall uh, on Nova Scotia and Newfoundland. I, I spoke to Bill Goodman, and he's going to possibly be on with me oh so it's going to be the joe and bill show yes so uh let's we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed last time it didn't unless work, you want, to get, work unless out. You want to give bill unless you want to give bill top billing no i thought we villains get top billing <laughs> we're now. members of local 12 villain thieves and scoundrels union <laughs> god <laughs> no uh well maybe i will we'll see I might Bill be, Goodman uh, walks. Bill Goodman walks down street. I drop safe on him like any self-respecting meteorologist. Who gets hit? Me. <laughs> oh God. All right, let's let's move on to uh, let's move on to the next headache or potential headache. And nope, that's not the right map. And that's the right map. Uh, by the way, those of you who are watching the show tonight, if you like the Joe and Joe Weather Show, we're on Monday through Thursday uh, at 7.30 Eastern Time. We will be on Friday at 7.30 Eastern Time, as we just told you, uh, because of the storm. Uh, and oftentimes when there are storms of consequence, we will uh, we usually take Friday and Saturday off. Uh, Joe, uh, we will have a show Friday night. And uh, the other time we're on is Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern time, although this Sunday it's a travel day for me. So I will we will not have a Joe and Joe weather show uh, in the morning. It's possible we could have it in the evening, Sunday evening. But I got to see if I get make it down south in time. Uh, but we'll we'll uh, we'll keep you posted on all of that. So if you like the show, hit the like button. See if you could take us over uh, 100 likes. OK, uh, back to uh, the uh, the next headache, as I refer to, if you look on the lower right, you can uh, see 
this tropical wave. There's an L being printed on the map this evening on the GFS, sitting right along the coast of uh, South, uh, on South America over there. Probably, I think that's Venezuela or near Venezuela. Um, and uh, near the windward, just west of the windward islands. Uh, the low is, again, as we mentioned earlier, the outflow from Fiona is creating northerly shear in the northern Cari in the eastern Caribbean, which is the reason why this wave has not really developed yet. But as Fiona moves northward, you'll notice that suddenly there's a closed isobar uh, uh, in, the, uh, in the eastern Caribbean. Uh, uh, not enough to maybe make it a depression, but the beginnings of some sort of weak circulation. Eventually, as Fiona on Friday, I think Friday's the day where you could start to see this thing uh, in the uh, Caribbean begin to organize. And uh, the GFS, and, and actually we, we, we've been remarking, uh, we, we've been saying the last few days how the models are all pretty much in sync with this. And you see it there in the Central Caribbean, strengthening now as we get into Sunday and Monday. And all the models, Joe, bring this into the Gulf of Mexico. The latest GFS run uh, was more to the left uh, than other runs have been. Uh, I think you know it's it's not unusual for us to see that. But I I I, I stand by what I say said yesterday that uh, everything in here everything here seems to suggest that there's going to be uh, another hurricane. And this one is going to go into the Gulf of Mexico. Now, what it does after that is going to hinge on a lot of things that are going on in the upper air, uh, as, as as always is the case. And in fact, let me just leave the same. Let, 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 let's go to, well, let's leave the Western Atlantic up here and I'll bring up the upper air with the Western, with the Western Atlantic so we could take a look at what's happening. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, this is still far enough in the long range that there's a lot of variables here uh, in play. But at least for now, uh, what's happening is that there is a ridge in the Atlantic. Uh, you see it here. Um, this is the map for Friday morning. Strong ridge in the Atlantic here. And the system is is right underneath that ridge. And you also have a strong upper high and ridge here extending from Texas to Florida and then back over into northern Mexico. So uh, it's, it's it, the only place this thing could go is west or west-northwest for a while. And then eventually, the big question, I think, in the longer term, hang on, I'm, I'm hearing like, I, I just heard what sounded like a commercial. Um, uh, what's going to happen in the longer term is what's going on in the eastern part of the United States. You see this very deep trough early next week, all the way down into northern Florida with westerly winds. The storm will be responding somewhat to that weakness. After that, that weakness kind of goes away to an extent. But there are other shortwave troughs, Joe, in that northern stream. And I think uh, what, what you know, you see the flow to the north is kind of west to east. And there are these little indentations here. It's nothing that really stands out at the moment. But one of these could, you know, one of those little short waves like that one that's dropping down out into the northern plains. Uh, this is now we're going past next weekend that drops down and you know the runs keep trying to take this thing eventually northeastward either up the west side of the Appalachians or in some fashion getting it uh, into the uh, mid-Atlantic at northeast as maybe a big rainstorm and, and maybe some wind too but that I, that's that's still too long termish but those are the those are the keys to all, the, the keys to all of this right so this basically is going to be uh, a system that will be impacting, it would appear, 
the uh, somewhere along the Gulf Coast, maybe either the central or maybe the uh, eastern Gulf Coastal area. We'll see how that ends up. And then beyond, uh, let's say October 1st, whether or not this system continues northward and may eventually have a say in our weather, uh, that too is going to be something that will come under consideration. But let me let me point out the date here. This is September 21st. And all this speculation is encircling uh, September 30th, October 1st, which is still a good nine or 10 days down the road. And a lot can happen in nine or 10 days. So um, I'm sure that the folks, for example, who live in New Orleans uh, or even, let's say, Corpus Christi, Texas, even though they may be, according to the current model guidance, uh, uh, a bit out of this. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't think you can discount anybody at this point on the Gulf exactly. Coast from Texas to Florida. I. I just exactly. don't. And, and, exactly. And exactly. I, I. I went back. I went back a couple of runs here, uh, to show just what happened on last night's run. And again, to me, this. The first part of this equation is the easiest part because of, you're only dealing with that big ridge and, and the trough that's way to the north and, and, and the system moving across the Caribbean. Okay, now when you get to the point of, of uh, a, week from, uh, a week from now when it's approaching the Gulf of Mexico, that's when you start to look at what's going on up in, in the United States and uh, how the system responds to whatever little disturbances are running around uh, to the north. You can see here on the old run, it responded to a weakness that was uh, over the lower Mississippi Valley, a weak trough, and then a stronger trough comes down into the northern plains. That's, uh, you know, this solution that it did last night was, was one that, you know, I looked at as like, whoa, you know, deepening low up the east side of the Appalachians going all the way up. And the European was even even more uh, ridiculous last night. It, it backed off today from that, and you know it's kind of losing it because it can't seem to find what's going on in the northern stream. So that northern jet stream, that the activity in that northern jet stream is ultimately going to be the key as to whether this thing eventually winds up affecting the mid-Atlantic and northeast in some fashion. But as, as you said, it's it's not you know nine days away. It's at least nine days away. So there's so much that could go on and so much that could happen in the upper pattern that could change this in any direction. Uh, but, but but the fact that the models, all the models have a hurricane there says to me there's going to be a hurricane there in the, coming into the Gulf of Mexico. Right. Right. I, I agree. There's too many models that are red flagging, so to speak, uh, a, a significant tropical cyclone right there at the end of the month. So. Somewhere within the boundaries of the of the Gulf of Mexico, anticipate that we're going to be looking at some kind of a tropical system. And uh, where it goes, you know, it's like uh, Ted Mack. <laughs> I'm really showing my age now, right? Yes. Ted Mack, round and round she goes, and where she stops, nobody knows, at least for the moment, when nobody really knows. So. The um, uh, I, I didn't know, show this before. This is the hurricane track model guidance. You can see how, for Fiona, you can see how tightly clustered it is. Bermuda stands out there, uh, that little dot that's uh, out at uh, about uh, 32 and a half and 65. And, and the track of this is uh, the storms, uh, the uh, track models are, 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 as far as the core is concerned, the center, uh, well north and west of Bermuda, but you know, still very close. Now, uh, shifting over to... The system in, in the in, that's going to be developing in the Caribbean, 
Uh, you can see that most of the track model guidance, uh, the furthest east one uh, crosses western Cuba, and you've got one that's approaching there, too. Uh, they're clustered in westernmost Cuba into the Yucatan Channel, and then you have two outliers that take it over the Yucatan. So uh, all of the track model guidance gets it there. And the intensity guidance is really bullish here. You've got almost all the models, Joe, making this a Category 3 hurricane uh, within five days, uh, and some of them even sooner. Uh, the, the ones that are getting it to hurricane strength in 84 hours might be a little aggressive here. Uh, but uh, it's certainly in the latter part of the forecast period, I would probably think that it, you, you know, you're certainly going to have, um, you know, at least the intensity guidance says it's going to be a Cat 3 uh, in, uh, in six to, about five to six days. We'll, we'll see. But uh, the, uh, I'm, 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 again, I'm impressed by the fact that the intensity models and the track models are doing what they're doing. Yes, and uh, you have to expect that that Gulf of Mexico water right now is probably about as warm as it has been all through the course of the summertime. And and in fact, why, why does this pop into my head? We had a we uh, the, we we set up a a temporary pool in our backyard, Joe, and that pool has finally come down over the last couple of days. But at one point during the summertime, we have this little thermometer that we uh, took track of, you know, how warm the water was. At one point during the summer, the water was 94 degrees. Now, it doesn't get that warm in the Gulf of Mexico. At least I don't think so. But uh, upper 80s to near 90, and you got a new, and you got a tropical system that's coming in there. And we haven't had a tropical uh, cyclone in the Gulf of Mexico so far this season, or at least so far in the last few months. So dynamically speaking, if this is indeed Hermine, it looks like it will be, uh, don't be surprised. We could see this thing ramp up from a cat two or three up to a four very, very fast. We've seen it happen, especially so uh, we, we saw this last year, I think, uh, a couple of times where they get really close to the immediate coastline and all of a sudden, boom, they go from like a two to a four in, 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 in a blink of an eye. So this will be something to watch, folks, as we get toward the end of this month and uh, Ah, yeah, all of a sudden, the tropical, all of a sudden, the tropics have become very active after a, a ho-hum, sleepy uh, July and August. Now, all of a sudden, everything is ramping up real fast. The shelf water is um, is still pretty warm in the Gulf of Mexico. Usually, when you get to the latter, you start to get into October, the shelf water uh, starts to cool off and storms don't, you know, they approach and they get into that shelf water. If they're not moving fast enough, they actually wind up weakening a little bit. But for now, and probably through the end of the month and at least through the first part of October, that shelf water is still pretty warm. You, you see the loop, of the satellite loop, uh, the uh, cold front uh, producing some showers and storms, seeing some lightning strikes going on in uh, uh, north and west of Lake Ontario, uh, and also seeing some lightning strikes in parts of Ohio tonight and into uh, Kentucky around Louisville. The uh, latest radar, as we take a look, I'll just give it a quick refresh. There are no showers and thunderstorms anywhere close. This Fiona's holding up the cold front, Joe, uh, and uh, it, it's probably delaying its pas passage by a, a good five or six hours. I mean, ultimately, obviously, it does get through. But uh, this is the reason why we don't, if, uh, we don't have showers and thunderstorms going on right now, uh, nor will we have anything 
uh, it looks like for at least uh, the first half of the night. We may have to wait until uh, tomorrow morning uh, to get this thing to move on through. And I'm so happy we have such, you know, this is one of the things that neither Joe and I sometimes we can't we can't think of everything. We can't, uh, you know, visualize uh, everything to say or talk about. Something will always slip through. And that's why we have uh, such great people on the chat board. And uh, uh, Ms. Ballarite brings up a very, very good point. Stock up or fill up on gas now, because offshore drill rigs are certainly going to be shut down if that uh, those models, those uh, forecast models are correct uh, by the end of the month with uh, the uh, tropical cyclone that we're watching, potential tropical cyclone, some refineries could also be affected. And we know that when that happens, when, they, when they're affected, when they're shut down, uh, the price of, uh, of uh, gas magically spikes. All uh -oh. of a sudden it goes up. It, 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 why is it that it spikes woof, like that? And then when there's, you know, reason for the prices to come down, they come down, but they come down slowly as if they were on a parachute. Well, uh, a, a lot has to do with the fact that how those, you know, the prices are hedged and uh, you live on cash flow. So if uh, prices are going up and you've been selling gasoline at lower prices and your demand is going up, you're going to have to buy more. So you have to raise your prices faster in order to make the money to buy the next supply of gasoline. That that's really kind of how it works. And then when a when 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 market prices start to go down, uh, they go down slowly because you're holding this. You're if you're your gas station owner, and most gas station owners are not, you know, they're mom and pop operations. Uh, when uh, gas price gasoline prices are falling, well, you've you've bought this gas at a higher price, so you want to try to sell it for as much as you can, because. Uh, you paid more for it. If the market price goes underneath what you paid for it, you're holding something that you can't. You, you have to sell at a loss, so you know it goes down slower. So, anyway, that you know what? I'm glad you that that's that she brought that up because it was the furthest thing from my mind right now. So I'm thinking, yeah, let me go because I pay 280. What did I pay the other day? 269. For Excuse gas. me. I pay 269. You know what? I think I'm going to be joining you down there within the next uh, six months. You, you have you have better weather than we do. You miss out on all the heat waves. Now you got the lower price. I'm 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 so happy that my that the price up here in my section of Putnam County, the price here for for a gallon of regular is about three fifty nine, and you're saying two sixty nine? I pay, well uh, to be fair, I had a from the supermarket that I shop at. Uh, they uh, they give you. Uh, points that you can use at their gas station that they have um, at the supermarket. So, uh, so I had enough points to get thirty. If, if I had to pay the market price, I would have had to pay two ninety nine. And right. I know I noticed today some places were down around two ninety. But I had a thirty cent off per gallon, uh, enough points for thirty cents off a gallon. So I paid two sixty nine. Anyway, back to the radar. Uh, which is actually quite loaded with showers and storms across southern Nebraska. Well, showers and downpours, anyway. Southern Nebraska, northern Kansas, Ms. Fallerite, uh, you might be close to in some of those downpours. Looks like they're just northwest of Kansas City into uh, northern Missouri, uh, back through uh, much of Colorado getting uh, some rain tonight, which is good. Also down in, in uh, Arizona, 
a number of uh, severe thunderstorm and flash flood warnings up, as well as in parts of southern Utah. Uh, seeing some action here. Looks like some kind of upper feature in the Pacific Northwest, uh, producing some showers and storms in eastern Idaho, and then flipping back over into parts of uh, western Oregon and into northern California. So kind of busy there. And the uh, satellite loop really does show uh, uh, that moisture field from the, the cold front coming down uh, and the uh, some subtropical, subtropical moisture coming up from uh, Baja Peninsula into Arizona and then uh, streaming northeastward through Colorado and into Kansas and uh, parts of Missouri. And, of course, you see Fiona there on the lower right. The WPC seven-day rainfall amounts. Let's check this out. Uh, not going to show a whole heck of a lot, I don't think. Uh, no, I mean, half to three-quarters of an inch from central Long Island east of the southeastern New England. So that, at least if it's in southeastern New England, with some areas up to an inch, uh, those areas were, were still having uh, drought issues. Uh, also, half to three-quarters of an inch in northern New England. Uh, much of the middle Atlantic, the southeast, back to Texas, many areas getting little or no rain uh, for the next seven days. It's The weather here, Joe, has been absolutely gorgeous, I just want to tell you. And uh, some uh, not-too-shabby rainfall amounts in uh, parts of uh, Colorado and down into the southwest and also up in the northern Rockies and in the central plains, uh, anywhere from a half an inch to as much as uh, one and a half to two inches in, in some places. So let's, uh, let's quickly go through what you can expect to happen here across the U.S. in the coming days uh, with the, the hurricane stuff, uh, the hurricane uh, uh the stuff that we talked about with the hurricane, I'm having trouble making sentences today. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, uh, that we've 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 done all that. Here's our cold front, which by two o'clock tomorrow afternoon is sitting from Boston and New York City to Philadelphia. Showers cut off the further south you go. It's much more active in southern and southeastern New England and even into central New England and over up into Maine. Here comes your big high that builds in a lot of isobars there in the east uh, Thursday night and Friday. We'll be down in the 40s to low 50s Friday morning in eastern Pennsylvania to southern New England. And uh, I don't think we're going to get much above upper 50s to mid 60s on um, on Friday. Another cool night Friday night. The high is near the coast on Saturday. Uh, Sunday, here comes the next cold front with some showers. Uh, GFS wants to rush the showers into northwest New Jersey, Joe, by uh, Sunday afternoon. It's a, it's a little faster. Every run's a little faster with this. And another cold front comes through. And then a secondary front that drops down later on Monday. And here comes another cool high that builds into the east. And there you see our Gulf of Mexico system uh, that uh, now we're looking at the map. This is last night's uh, uh, GFS, by the way. I just realized that. So this is Thursday morning. I'll just give it a quick. Let me quickly go to the 18Z. It's not going to be that much different. And at least at the first part of this. I was hoping to avoid this because, as I said, everybody's getting into tropical tidbits, so we get the circle of death for a little while. All right, here, the map's starting to come in now. Uh, so here we go. Uh, there's our front for tomorrow morning. A um, little more active on the last run than on prior runs. Uh, it goes out. You see Fiona going away, the big high building in for the weekend. Sunday... This is Sunday morning, uh, a little less, you know, maybe some showers late in the day Sunday coming through. 
little secondary front that swings around during Monday to bring down the next high and the next round of cool air for Tuesday, even some scattered showers around on Tuesday with instability. And then uh, in goes the low in the Gulf of Mexico. And at least on this run, it was, I think, taking it up the west side of the Appalachians. But then uh, all of a sudden, it jumps into eastern North Carolina, into Chesapeake Bay. <laughs> I mean, this is like a big soaking rain with rain and windstorm coming up the east coast uh with uh with this run of the gfs even with the the uh even even though it shows the hurricane that far west remember joe ida last year went into louisiana okay it went in pretty far west and you right. had you had an intact uh core that just held together i'm not saying you know i'm just just saying that uh, that even though they go in and you know usually they have to go in the eastern gulf the impact the eastern seaboard but we have seen them go even in the western gulf and still eventually impact uh, the eastern seaboard so long way to go it's 10 days away and of course joe and joe will be watching it for you so keep keep tuned to us and by the way we've got 86 likes and it would be lovely if we can add 14 more before we Pull the curtain down on tonight's show, which is already running an hour and 35 minutes. So, yeah. excuse me, what hour? Not not an hour and 35 minutes, an hour and five minutes. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, it's uh, it's Johnny Quest Jeopardy because he's filling in for um for for the chairman Scott Briller, who is uh, on vacation this week, uh, and. Uh, Tonight's question, Joe. This is not. This is some of these you might you might get some of these, and, and then again you might not. But we'll see. Uh, and let's see if the chat board can get them. And please, no googling, okay? No googling. See if you can get these without googling. All right, you ready? Uh, the five wettest, the five wettest tropical cyclones in U.S. history. Now, I'll give you a couple of hits, all right? Um, one, two of these were not in the mainland United States. And let's see, three, four, and well, that's all I'm going to give as far as hits are concerned. How about How about Mitch? No, Mitch is not on this list, but oh, wow. but a, but a recent hurricane that we spent a lot of time on is on this uh, relatively recent hurricane that we spent a lot of time on is on this list. Um, how about it's a year? No, no, no. Well, you can tell I'm not googling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, let's see. No cheating here. Uh, but uh, I see that. Well, Peter Bicker. Peter Bicker. Oh, Harvey. Oh, Harvey. P Peter <laughs> Bicker, Anthony Orr, Frank Riccio, all getting Harvey. Uh, that is correct. He, he said Harvey was a, was a funny name. And Harvey produced uh, as much as 60.58 inches of rain was the wow. highest rainfall that was the number one that's number one on the list now that's even that's even bigger than your friend shirley <laughs> yeah, exactly now we have um 
Oh, we got our hundred likes. Thank you. Uh, and yes, we also you. have. I see a couple of people have given up, given one of the other names here, and that is this is one that you probably um, wouldn't get off the bat. But when when the name came up, when I saw the the uh, the name, uh, it it was vaguely familiar. This is for Hawaii, Joe. Hawaii. Her and someone said it. Uh, Hurricane Lane in Hawaii, uh, which was in 2018. Uh, measured, uh, I believe, uh, uh, one of the uh, on the Big Island, uh, one spot measured 58 inches of rain. My God, 58! But you know what? I mean, in Hawaii with those volcanic cones on the Big Island. That I mean, interaction with those cones, Mauna Loa and Mauna Kea, could easily accentuate or uh, you know. I think it was uh, Mauna Loa. Yeah, you could you could you could you could use those cones to your advantage if you want to uh, get lots and lots of rainfall. Of course, need I say if you are uh, in the vicinity of Hilo, which gets something like 300 days a year of rain because of the uh, of the uh, you know the the surge of air, the uh, winds coming from the east northeast, they go upslope along the line over over uh, those big cones and and just produce. Heavy-duty rainfall. So you add a tropical system, and uh, away you go with uh, with heavy, heavy-duty rainfall. And, and Lane was a Category 5 hurricane when it was within 300 miles of Hawaii, and then it just, within 24 hours, it completely fell apart. But uh, uh, the rain didn't fall apart, and Hawaii got the rain. Uh, number three on this is another Hawaiian hurricane, but it goes all the way back to 1950. Though I didn't even know this. The name of this was Hiki, H-I-K-I, in 1950, uh, produced 52 inches of rain. All right. Number four, uh, I'm going to just really quick, I'm going to check the chat board to see. The next two are U.S. storms. Uh, I'm not seeing anybody's, I don't think anybody's going to get either one of these. Uh, And, uh, you know, we're running... We're running late, and I'm getting tired. So uh, number four on the list was Amelia, Hurricane Amelia in 1978. Um, I don't know where it made – I don't remember where it made landfall. Uh, 48 inches of rain, I imagine, somewhere along the Gulf Coast. And in 1950, Joe, a storm called Easy. Easy. Yeah, that had to be from the phonetic alphabet. Right. 45.20 inches of rain. And that hit the state of Florida, by the way. Number wow. one, uh, uh, Amelia hit Texas. Harvey hit Texas. And number two and number three, uh, which were um, Lane, and, Lane and Hickey, were both uh, Hawaii. Right. Okay, well, uh, you were right. We didn't see. And most of us hardly got, in, got, got more than one out of, out of that list, so... All right, so I'm just checking here. I'm just looking at the latest recon, um, seeing that they made another pass. Uh, the graph, the graphical representation shows the pressure down almost the, the same as before. So it looks like it's around 934, 933. Uh, flight level, the winds at flight level up at around 100, 120 knots, roughly. Uh, so uh, the 130 will probably hold, at least for now, unless the pressure, you know, they find a lower pressure on the uh, on the next pass. And, uh, okay, so the Joe and Joe show tomorrow night. You're not here, but I think we'll have, we're going to have Bill Goodman here. 
meteorologist from the National Weather Service in Upton, New York. So keep our fingers crossed that he can make it. And then uh, you and I will be back on Friday night at 7.30 Eastern time uh, so that we can cover Fiona as it heads into the Canadian Maritime Provinces. And Sunday right now is a hold. Let's call it a hold. We'll see. A we'll see show. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, the Super Chat hits tonight. I know Anthony Orr hit Super Chat. I saw there was one other Super Chat. Leon Probitsky hitting Super Chat tonight. Thank you, Leon. Most appreciated. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow night. Nighty night, everybody. Nighty night. <laughs>